two farts, Performers Happiness in the Arts podcast that's meant to gas up musical theater performers as they pursue a long career on the stage. We bring flatulent happiness to ourselves and to each other through integrity, authenticity, love, and of course, humor. All guests on this podcast are out to help musical theater performers. And while we do it, ah, we may laugh at the simple things like the word penis. Penis. School, the Naya Bowman Agency. She is not actually an agency, so just to save you some time, which I definitely did myself. I looked her up. I was like, ooh, an agency. She's not, but she is the Naya Bowman Agency. You feel what I'm saying? Naya, thank you so much for coming on to interview today. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. We are. I, I I know Naya from acting classes at Matthew Corzine Studios. Matthew Corzine. Matthew Corzine. Corzine. Matthew. Uh, Matthew. Matthew. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> And I learned in there from that Naya, how Naya is involved in making some big waves within the concert dance community, which definitely spills over to musical theater. Yes. If you don't think so, then you're just dumb. No, no, if you don't think so, let me educate you on that. So the reason why it spills over is a lot of concert dancers, when they want to retire from concert dance, which is more difficult to compared to a lot of musical theater stuff, they can continue dancing and do very well. They're stunning humans, you know, in the Broadway community, which is great. It's almost like a way to elongate their career because there's a little bit less of a limitation on age as we get into character types and so on. So this is so valuable, yes, in the concert dance world, but definitely in the musical theater community. So let me just first start by saying, Naya, thank you. Thank you, you're welcome. I'm learning how to say you're welcome. Yes, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So, all right, I, I purposely am not diving into exactly what you're doing. Would you mind telling what you're doing, who you're involved with and everything because yeah, it's yeah. So, um, uh, I'm Naya Bowman. I am a dancer, concert dancer who did start diving into musical theater. Um, I just wasn't picked yet, so I was picked for for like <laughs> straight theater, no singing. Um, so I'm a concert dancer. I usually dance at the Washington National Opera in Washington D.C. at the Kennedy Center one time at the Met, and also. Um, at Martha Graham Dance Company, which actually is... She's very talented. She's very talented. (laughs) (laughs) I had to say it. Like, you cyberstalk... If I cyberstalk you for two seconds, it's like, oh, oh, she's got lines. Okay. Like... Talented. Okay, sorry, I couldn't help it. I had to say it. It was. It was. Yeah, I, no, I'm gonna take it in because usually I'm always like, oh, I didn't do much. Like I just did some stuff, and I do a lot of like him, a lot of like ah. Uh. Um. So it's it. Uh, I yeah. I I do suffer a lot from like um. What do you they call it? Like this self-deprecation. Cause yes. the devil, the devil on your shoulder is a louder yes. voice than the angel. Her name is Sally. Her name is Sally. I Sally. I did a PM about her. 
she like took over the place and everybody fell in love with Sally and more than they fell in love with Naya, but that's another story. That's how, that's why it's me. Yeah, stands for personal monologue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so I first, where can I start? So last summer after the George Floyd murder and, um, even before that, um, I teach, a lot. I teach a lot of Martha Graham technique. I teach uh, in Spain. I live in Spain too. I'm back in Barcelona, and I teach in Barcelona. I taught in the States. I, I think I like I I teach a lot. I used to teach a lot, and um and I teach Graham and uh, Martha Graham technique. And um so growing up in Graham from like my early late twenties and. Uh, teaching there and dancing there and the second company and the first company. Last year, I wrote a letter to the Graham organization about my experience there as a black woman, as a black dancer, as a teacher, as an administrator. And um, it kind of started this ball rolling about um, typecasting, racism, uh, equity, racial equity in, in concert dance. I was watching a lot of my friends that are in musical theater dance talking about it already on Broadway, you know, especially when we talk about typecasting. So um, I wrote this letter and I sent it also to ACMA, and the, um, part of the ACMA union, which is the union that represents concert dancers in opera and also uh ballet companies and also represents opera singers and I was invited to the join the new black caucus of ACMA and there I have a, a great bunch of people like Naya who just right it was just unapologetically just talking and without any reservation about being a black person a black artist and um talking about imagine it was, it was great, but also I didn't feel alone. It was the first time I didn't feel alone with my story that happened to me, dealing with racism, not even knowing that you were dealing with discrimination, which is another thing that I discovered because I just thought like, oh, everybody's going to understand this, especially um, people of color, like black people, Asian people. And it wasn't, it's not that easy. And um, listening to a lot of different stories and also trying to get like, the management at their Graham organization to also acknowledge and talk about it where I was just hit with a lot of um, resistance. And one was from the head of the board who just sent me a nasty letter. So yeah, it was just blaming me for another a student who also had the courage to write her own letter. And, um, and I gave her permission to use my name for support and basically just try to put me in my place and accuse me of changing her mind and doing so I had reached out to alumni of Graham that were that I danced with that I know that were doing anti-racism work and um, just had the conversation and we started together this Martha Graham alumni anti-racist alliance so we put together a petition we have over 600 signatures we we got like over 300 within 24 hours we um, were still being ignored by the Graham organization, which is really weird. Um, it's just weird. And also, I got I got elected for a board of governors at, in ACMA. So now I'm also part of the board of governors of ACMA, which is really exciting. There's a whole bunch of young 
Um, and I don't want to say young. I, you know, I realize I keep saying young, and that's also ageism and discrimination. But not young in age, but young and like progressive thinking. New, yeah, like new you know, thoughts, not thinking of thought. keeping it the old old way because right. that's how, yeah, that's a big deal. It's a it's a huge deal, and and you know we do have to get we have to get gatekeepers to be on our side or to be open and to listen and listen with purpose and, and that will result into action. And, and so that's something that I really, um, also discovered for myself because, you know, when you do something wrong, you're like, I'm sorry. And then you take the sorry, but then the person does the same thing again. I'm sorry. So then I realized, like, don't say sorry unless there's an action. Because you said sorry, and I don't believe you're sorry until I see the action of your sorry. So that's also part of me keeping people accountable. Am I accountable? So, um, and keeping myself accountable also. And so, um, that's what I'm doing. And I'm a little, I was a little depleted. I, we came back to the States for six weeks and then I realized like, it's a lot of work. It's, it's hard work. Um, I, I, I was working also this lawyer who was really great to give me his time for free to also help me with, um, the challenges of like, putting a claim against the head of the board with the New York state department of uh, discrimination and human rights. Um, and also just maneuvering, uh, you know, um, uh, what do we say? Sorry. I'm also in language pur purgatory. So if I speak oh, in Spanish, fine. that please, if I speak in Spanish, then you will learn Spanish at the same time. But in this um, retaliation, which is also really hard to deal with, because then also you begin to lose friends that you're you're not you become people are calling you a threat when you also now speaking out and um and calling in people to also either not be afraid or just to listen and and so I have lost friends and um which also I realized well some of these friends when I think back like were they really there for you anyway and, and so um or were they the opportunity of like right you know yeah, it so happens. It does happen in performing. When in performing, I've I've talked with other theater friends, and I think this is what you're getting at regarding relationships and friendships. There are some people that are friends with you when they see you having great success, so they yes. want to link on to that and be known that they know you. Right. But then, if you are in something that they don't want to be associated or don't want to agree with, or say you're having a downtime, say someone wants to cancel you, whatever it is, say so you're not the popular person, you're the opposite of popular person in the room or what they yeah. consider, they suddenly don't want to know you. It is a, I'm going to do a positive twist, it is a positive opportunity to really know who your friends are, invest your time more wisely. Right. Absolutely. That is, yeah. Yeah. And also, I think a lot of times, and this might be my paranoia, but as a dancer, when you are working, you know, like dancers are still there a thousand percent behind you, like, hey, girl, blah, blah, blah. but when you're not working, you become, you actually really are an outcast. And, and for me, like when it's in, in my career, I wish it was consistent. Like, I wish I could say like, I'm always in a show and I'm always to, I'm always in the studio rehearsing, but most of the time I'm always in class more than I'm in the studio rehearsing or in, in a show or a movie or a commercial. And, um, you know, the dream for me 
my dream is just to work consistently. Like, you know, before it was like, oh, I want to be in this company and I'm going to go to work there and I'm going to retire in 25 years and then I'm going to go to Broadway so then I could just do stuff like this and kick a high leg, you know, and sing in the chorus. And then maybe I teach. And then I real learned really fast, like, academia is not for me because also I would have to um, play by rules that I really am not comfortable with either. And mm. I'm a... And I'm a good team player. Like, if you, like, I'm loyal. Like, if you're like, I need you to do A, B, and C, and I'm gonna be like, okay, how would you like A, B, C, and A, B, C, and then D done? Because I am a true team player, especially if I believe in what you're working on and I can see the, the long term impact. Um, but um, I also, like, coming to like Matt's studio, like, how I got there broken literally like broken with not like I always hold on to hope but that hope was like that dim fire like you know you could see it burning and um and and I found acting first I found it here in Barcelona just because I was doing a lot of soloist uh dance solo work working with this choreographer Deborah Saul who passed away a few years ago and she she too was um, I would say she was an outcast, you know, and a lot of people, when you talk to, oh, she was this, and, you know, everyone has the opinion, like, bad opinion until that person dies, and then all of a sudden they're like, she was great, and she did this, um, and oh, I'm just having this flash of thinking, like, about her, her life, of um, her also wanting to be validated, and she did these solos, um, based on literature, women women characters in literature, Mary Tyrone and uh, Eugene O'Neill's Long Journey to what's their Long Journey Tonight? I long Day's that. Journey and Tonight. Yes, Long yeah. Day's Journey Tonight. I I I did her solo in that, and um, so I went into here. I was here in Barcelona, and I thought, oh, I just need to work more on my vulnerability. If I work more on my vulnerability, then, then maybe I won't be so intimidating and stand out so much. And so I found um, a Meisner coach here, and um, which is great. And also when I thought, oh, and I could work on my Spanish instead of being in Spanish class again behind the desk, and then I could take a class in acting in Spanish. But the coach who speaks like a thousand different languages, who it, who was who's Finnish, and um, he's from Belgium, Finnish. Uh, he'll kill me when he, if he listens to this. And he's like, no, I'm good. But anyway, he lives in Barcelona. And he's, he speaks English. He speaks Dutch. He speaks German. He speaks Spanish. He speaks everything. So we wind up doing the course in in English. And sometimes I'll like, kind of jump into Spanish, but it was mostly English. And, um, and then when I came back to New York City, I just wanted to... I wanted to act. My father just passed away, and my dad, um, I always thought, like, had a lot of regrets. And so I was just thought, like, I don't want regrets. And I always wanted to um, to act, too. And so I found Matt. I found him. Cause I have a tour company. I had one, and one of my tour guides that I work with, she should, she's an actress. She's an actor, and she suggested him. And I was broken. But I had on a happy face, and I'm like, hey, I'm here, and this is what I do. And it was hard, um, but I love it, and it saved me, and he saved me. Like, it just to 
also work on this consistent vulnerability. But also in this, I realized that this this thing that I was chasing to be validated, to be accepted, not to be seen as intimidating, it's not my business. Like it's not. It, you know, I was always trying to fit in because I was told I'd never fit in. And then I realized that I do fit in because it's just me. Like, it's not anybody's, it's not my business why people don't accept me or why I'm seen a certain way. It's, it, it really isn't. It's, um, so once I, I think, I think I just kind of discovered that this year doing this anti-racism work with the groups. Well, because you're going to get a lot of bullshit along the way and it takes a lot of personal strength because as much as you have supporters you're gonna have haters and the bigger you get the more of everything you get everything rises period right yeah and so um yeah now I have the attitude usually a lot of my friends or people that know me is like she's she's crazy but I love that you know I'm like yeah yeah I'm crazy that I'll speak whatever's on my tongue um if that's like I'll accept it and, and so I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm not a, like, Jenna, I think this is like the first time I'm like, yeah, I'm at this good place and I'm ready to like stick it down. You're like, get out of my way. I'm yes. Tired. I'm tired of um, listening. Like I'm, I'm always listening, but I'm tired of listening that it's, that I'm not validated or I'm feeling like there's something wrong with me. And, um, yeah. 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 So I'm like, get out of my way. I have business to do. I'm I'm ready to work and so I'm also excited to work and to work in this new um skin kind of way and which started even before the pandemic too. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. But I just say like doing this um doing work of talking about like freely talking about racism and not having like this burden like oh, is this taboo that you can't talk about this? And, oh, you know, it's such a wrong thing. Like, I'm even over that because it's it actually, it's so empowering and to also engage in these conversations. And it's scary as heck. It is also scary at the same time too. I, I, I it's so, so important. A full disclosure on my end. So uh, I definitely know, I, I know as a white person, I am racist. And that's something I have to constantly work out of me. It's just because of the growing, I grew up around white people, you know, lack of exposure. And I'm very excited and grateful for humans like you, because just because you're a person of color doesn't mean it's your job to educate me on how to grow. Like it just takes a specific person who wants to, just like a person who wants to be on Broadway or a person who wants to, What you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can't just assume everybody's going to just like have the same desires. And I'm really excited because I'm, I'm a performer as well as a physical therapist and with Confluence Ballet, there's going to be for the white people. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion training, um, anti-racism training, which I'm really stoked about. I know it's always going to be something I have to keep my ears open to, but I am very grateful. And I know I, it, it's, this is for, you know, black people within, um, uh, oh my God, uh, within Martha Graham, I was like, which mother, what, what was that? I'm like, I want to go like this and do the contraction to be like, Martha right. Graham. Yes. Um, uh, but like, there's just a massive trickle down effect and, um, it is one step to learn. And then I definitely, uh, and then to, 
and then to act. Um, so for anybody who is white like me or is, uh, has a lot of racist stuff, which a lot of us do, um, uh, we just got to keep open. We got to take action. We will make mistakes, but we need to be open and not take it personally when we're called out and just keep applying. Right. Um, and I'm saying that as a person who has fucked up on so many levels, you know, with applying, not applying, being told not, you know, like, so I'm not going to claim perfection, but right. like, I'm just really grateful for you being one of those people that is opening the doors for just really necessary, necessary change. Oh, long overdue, long history of fighting for, uh, uh, just, there's so much change that needs to be done. And if you're just focusing on one career at a time, if we're just talking about performing arts, like, then what about people who are waiters that aren't performers? What about people who work in airports? You know, like, it's just, it's the whole world. So you focusing just your energy here is just so valuable. And I know you're looking at concert dance, but like it really does. I'd like to believe it has a good, strong trickle down effect. I have worked in musical theater from Martha Graham studios. Mm -hmm. So I know it. I've like lived it working with mm -hmm. very talented, very talented mm -hmm. dancers. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. Like I, I do. I mean, it is, all connected like even in I mean before the performing arts is really uh it's really interesting when you look at like race theory or if you're looking at anti-racism because we are I mean everything we do is really based on either something discriminative race age race age ethnicity right and so we do have and I'm just gonna change this narrative of two like the the difference between like racism and uh, prejudice like we are all prejudiced but the racism is the action so like we say like yeah we so instead of saying like we're all racist like we're all we all have our prejudice like even within of our own eth ethnicities like we have a prejudice that we have to acknowledge and also that we're all conditioned into believing certain things I mean even for myself against white people or black people or women white women black men or or asian people or whatever like we all i'm a new yorker i have an issue with jersey people like you know if you say you're from jersey like i'm automatically I'm like Ugh. you know like or if you say you're from the bronx i'm like okay or Staten island like there like we do have these uh we do have our own biases and our own prejudice it's the action that we take that holds the people down for not allowing them to be able to live really like not them but us living freely and the whole work is not for it, it's the whole work honestly and it's selfish for me it's just for not for me to live comfortably and to 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 be able to live in my own skin like in your own skin without being judged because because of my race because that is the hardest thing i can change I can change my hair, which I do a lot. I can change my hair. I can change my teeth. I can change um, my height if I decide to put on high heels, short heels, or the costume that I'm wearing. Right. <laughs> but to change my skin is like, um, you know, but that's that. That's just who I am. That's how we all are. And the false idea of of, of race, of skin color, that holds us to certain um, superiority or inferiority. Inferiority is just real. A lot of malarkey that's my new word 
But um, I love the words you're choosing in this. I'm like, ooh, I, ooh, ooh. And, and look, I'm a huge cursor, but I'm like, I'm going to, I call them working words. But uh, working language, so I'm going to take that from a friend, Jana Furnia, who also says those are working, my working language. But but oh, it, I'm, it, a, I'm a big cursor. I mean, I, in, the, in the this gets repurposed as a podcast for the performers' happiness in the arts podcast. I swear, in the in the intro, and and it was. I mean, we all find our little. This is such a random tangent, but um, for me, I think it's very for my own self. I think it's very important for me to connect with what is my own humor. What is the things that make me light up and go oh, yes? And yeah, for yeah. me, it's it's saying things that are inappropriate and swearing like it is. And I'm a person who wants to work for Disney, but hey, who knows? Anything's possible. Bill, take it They'll love me. They'll probably call me and they'll be like, Jenna, can you change the fart podcast? Can you just take out the fart sound? No, they'll like the fart sound. They're, they'll, I think they're more like, Jenna, instead of saying the word fuck, let's see if we could say the word, um, penis in the intro of this of this podcast and it just cracks me up i don't need anyone else to laugh i think it's amazing when i sometimes when i teach if we're sitting on the floor and i realize you know and i always hated like when i was a kid or dancing find your six bones and like there's no such thing like i would you look up the anatomy book there's no word for six bones and one day i said to the one class and like you know your booty hole? And everyone's like, yeah, sit on, make sure your booty hole never leaves the floor. And the light bulb that went on in the room was like, and just watch everyone go, and then move their body to sit on their booty hole. I'm like, sit on your butthole. Like, that's, the, like, you into my class, it's just fair. Sit on your butthole, don't let it, and then I'll jump. Like, nobody wants, if you're in a flat back and you lift your butt, nobody wants to see your booty hole behind you. Yeah. So keep your booty hole down. I love they say booty hole. I love they say booty hole. That's amazing. And you see, like, so yeah, that's me. I wouldn't be hired for Disney either. (laughs) Hey, anything's no, but but if you think about it though, it's there is more possibility in there um, because of the Marvel and action stuff that they do. There, there is room. There's, there's a there's There's some room, but I and also and also uh, the guy who's in. Um, oh, what's it called? Uh, uh, b- 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 Parks and Rec. Who's it, uh, the, the white guy? Um, that's like oh. in, one of the Marvel characters. That's so vague. But one of the okay from Parks and Rec. One of the Marvel characters from uh, the one with I, Groot. The one with Groot in it. Oh, 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 oh! Chris Pratt. Yes. yes. The um, I, I feel like he must have sw- he must have sworn. He, in- you know what? In Guardians of the Galaxy, they do they. You know, I don't think they curse, but there's a lot of like. I think they say fart, and they say like it, it's very funny. Like the Guardians of the Galaxy is one of my favorite. Is are one of is one of my favorite franchise in Disney because they do say like the word moron and like it, it's very. I think it's maybe. Oh yeah, the raccoon says that. You moron. Yeah, you moron. But then he's, yeah. like, so nice to Groot. He's so nice to Groot. Like, just treats him Sometimes. Like... And I don't think in the end game or one of them, it's like, put back. I'm trying. And then Groot is just like, I am Groot. 
I am group, which is also part of my repertoire of teaching. I have used the group thing of like, be a tree, think that you're group, push your foot into the floor, and just say, I am group, I am group, and use your hand strength. Yeah. I love it. I love it. We've gotten massively off topic, but I know. Uh, I, I'm going to definitely end this here because I like these to be lean towards the shorter side. Thank you so much for coming on here to talk about your actions uh, for this open conversation uh, yeah. that is is not easy, not yes. easy, and and uh, you are important. You Thank are you. very, very important. Thank you. Where can people you. find you on social media? You can to- find me on... Um- on Instagram, on IG, you can find me at Nyabo, that's N-Y-A-B-O-W, because I'm also bow-legged, so when I was in junior high school, they used to call me Nyabo, because it's short for bowman, and I'm bow-legged, which is great for developers and arabesque. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. But still, but but they didn't mean it nicely. So, ugh, kids, it's fine. It's fine. It's not, but it is. It is what it is. Actually, it was. It was. Well, yeah. I, I was Nyabo rubber band or stick because I was so skinny. Okay, I wouldn't mind rubber band or stick. I mean, so, someone want to call me stick? I'll say stick. it. Let me tell you, stick is hard. If you're a black girl in a black school and all the girls and you know is known for like body and you know, like this, and I was just this, so that I was plain, like that was, was... Oh, it, was it had a negative connotation. Yeah, yeah. So I just, not... I, for me, I grew up, and this is like, I grew up with like this sideways, you want boobs, but shoo, like as ideal body, which is so not inclusive, but like, right. um, but that's, that's what I grew up, like mm-hmm. trying to keep you know, I remember starting to get a butt, you know, and they're like, I had to be pulled aside. Jenna, you're getting a butt. She just stopped eating a loaf of bread a day. I'm like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love the loaf of bread. <laughs> That's actually a true story. I also wow. would go and get a lunchbox oh. and bring it to the grocery store and fill it up with Hershey Kisses. Oh, you're so cute. I was yummy. Yeah, yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah, you were. All right, feel uh, please, please message Naya if you want to get involved. Uh, yes, she can be please. a support, uh, yes. and she is a just you're a fantastic human. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. My pleasure.